0: What's up, everyone? I am Doug Kide, joined by Michael Hurley on this week's Pats Chat Podcast. Michael, how are we doing today?
1: Doing great, Doug. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Started up my new job this week, doing a bunch of stuff over at A to Z Sports, managing editor, NFL writer, reporter, covering the Patriots, all that cool stuff. But let's talk about the Patriots. Let's not talk about Doug Kide. Shout
1: out to me for not. You know, I had that scoop long before the internet, but I didn't. I didn't leak it. So shout out to me.
0: Yeah, wow. You, uh, I put the embargo (laughs) on there. Everyone abided by it. I told very few people. People, people would text me and be like, "Oh, where are you going?" It wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of people texting me, but most of the time, I'm just like bad at texting. So once someone would ask me, I'd be like, I just kind of ignore the message and be like, I'll, "I'll, I'll reacquaint myself with this person." when I'm allowed to say this, but. Fair enough. I did tell you. Um, well,
1: welcome back to the working world. Um, yeah. I'm sure the other side is better, but this is life, buddy. Get to work.
0: I know, yeah. Not working, it got like kind of sweet at a certain point. Mm. But yeah. now it's good to have a job. Um, it's good to make more money than I was before. So yeah, things are good. Um, but let's talk about the Patriots because sure. the rest of the NFL world is at the NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, did not make it out there this year, but there's been kind of a surprising amount of Patriots news, which is why we're not holding this podcast until Sunday. We're just trying to talk about it on Friday instead.
1: Would you say this is an emergency podcast? <laughs> no,
0: I would not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Jackson Smith and Jigba met with the Patriots emergency podcast. Mm. Yes. Had, had there been an emergency over the report card that the NFLPA released, mm. you probably would have recorded this on, what was that, Tuesday or Wednesday instead? Wednesday?
1: Tuesday, I think. I think it was Tuesday. Could have I been Monday. Would, There's I really no would, difference.
0: I kind of think it was Wednesday, but we can agree. Oh,
1: today's Friday, so you yeah. bring up a good point. Yes, the days, <laughs> they don't matter, Doug. It's just a construct created by humans. So time is what you make of it. So yes, the other day it did happen. The, the NFLPA... Survey, which weren't the, the results, weren't so good for the local football team here in New England.
0: They were 24th overall out of there's 32 NFL teams, so they were in the yep. bottom quarter of NFL teams.
1: <clears throat> and uh, I think it well, was well, I mean, that's that's kind of an optimistic, pessimistic thing, isn't it? Aren't they technically at the bottom of the third quarter? Hold I on, guess, do yes, you are correct. It's yes, it no, there's easily seven under them. Court this is a lot of math. <laughs> you know, they're right on the cusp. They're between the third and the fourth quarter. They're right around the bottom quarter of NFL. I think teams. they're in the fourth. I think you're right.
0: There's 32 of them. And uh, so it was, I think, 1,300 players, which you guys can do your own math, dividing 1,300 by 32 to see how many you are per team. Or maybe uh, Mike can do that right now as we're speaking.
1: 40, 40 players. That's a lot of players.
0: It's about 40 players per team. That's a good results for this survey, I would say. Um, and players were pulled on um, locker room. They were pulled on weight room, uh, how good teams are to family members. They were pulled on travel, strength staff, training staff, training room. I don't think I'm missing anything in there.
1: i um, bringing it up, but that sounds about right. Um, I do want to just go to our lead item, which is that the Jaguars have rats. Okay, carry on. <laughs>
0: Jaguars have rats, and the Cardinals make their players pay for meals.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, So we've got treatment of families, food service slash nutrition, weight room, strength coaches, training room, training staff, locker room, team travel. Um, The worst grades were team travel at D plus and the weight room at D, which you don't want a D weight room. That was 31st uh, in the league. Football players, famously, Doug, love to have muscles on their bodies. And without a efficient them. Well, football weight room, teams want their players
0: that. to have muscles too. No, that it's is true. true. Um oh, I
1: it's, just all it's... I am is the sides. Do you remember when James Harrison came? James Harrison like Mr. lift a lot. Yeah. Um, when he came to New England, he was on Instagram and he was working out at a planet fitness. <laughs> which <laughs> Is I asked him about it on media meeting night. I'm like, did you go to Planet Fitness? He's like, No. I'm like, no, you did. Like I saw purple yellow walls. Like, you right. He was like, Oh, that place? Yeah. I was like, what was it like at Planet Fitness for James Harrison? <laughs> Anyways, um, carry on.
0: Um, so the Patriots are, I believe, getting a new weight room as part of their stadium construction. But why didn't that happen last year? Or like seven years ago. I mean, I I guess it's I can like, front, but like I understand like the lighthouse thing. took a while to to build. Yeah,
1: but yeah, you could you could get in and out of the weight room in like a month.
0: Yeah, I mean, like my gym will add a new piece of equipment every six months or so. I feel like I don't know that you one. Go to weird to me you go to the gym.
1: You go to the gym occasionally.
0: Oh wow, About twice a week, sick. Whoa. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the weight room was an issue. I would say that overall, and there's probably not a lot of people who listen to this podcast who walk inside the the bowels of Gillette Stadium but then also maybe walk around other stadiums as well. I think that for players it's probably a little bit different than it is as media members but if you're walking into a newer stadium facility uh, like give like the Vikings or the Raiders or something like that like it feels as if you're walking indoors into a building. There are a lot of times though when you're at Gillette Stadium where you feel like you're walking into a garage or like a warehouse or something. And to some degree, I think that might play into some of these ratings that like the Patriots just unfortunately built their stadium at the wrong time where like it was before all of these fancy new stadiums, but it was still recent enough that they can't just tear the thing down and build up a whole new one. So it's just kind of an unfortunate set of circumstances with time that it just doesn't look as expensive or as new or as fancy as some
1: of these other new stadiums. So there's only ten stadiums newer than Gillette Stadium. Did you know that? I didn't until just now. That's interesting. Uh, there was four stadiums opened in 2002. Uh, you had Houston, Seattle, Gillette and Ford Field. But since then, you had Lincoln Financial, which I think you'd count in the it's older. It's like
0: exactly the same as the. As Gillette, yep. basically.
1: Um, so then in 06, you had Phoenix, Glendale open. Um, Lucas Oil in 08, AT&T in 09, and then you're really cooking with the new ones. Now, MetLife Stadium, more of the old style. Levi's. But it still
0: feels like you're walking indoors in MetLife.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're not – maybe it's just the openings, whatever. Then you have – when things really start getting primo is 2016 with Minnesota, 2017 with Atlanta, 2020 with L.A. and and Las Vegas. Those are like the cream of the crop.
0: I would still say, though, that it it was just the wrong time because even – Like, the Cardinals stadium feels a lot newer. I would say that, like, AT&T Stadium obviously feels a lot newer. Lucas Oil, it looks maybe a little bit dated at this point, but it feels like more of a new stadium than Gillette. Gillette was a little bit more – it's not like a cookie-cutter stadium like they were in the 70s, but, like, Gillette, the Ravens Stadium, the Eagles Stadium, they all just sort of feel the same.
1: Yeah, it's that group there from, like, 90 – uh, let's see, ninety five when the when the Jaguars opened right. through about O five was like that that stretch where that's what you had. So yeah, it's unfortunate. But I mean, you look down in Nashville, that stadium opened in nineteen ninety nine, and you want to talk about a carbon copy of Gillette Stadium. I didn't realize that until the pandemic when it was empty and you yes. could see the. I was like, oh my god, that is a clone, except for maybe the red seats and and maybe behind yeah. the the end zones. But they're building a new one, and that was nineteen ninety nine right. compared to O two. So Um, I guess in that sense. But ultimately, you know what my takeaway from this survey was, was coming to the Patriots for the longest time meant usually taking less money, sometimes taking a lesser role, but winning Super Bowls. And you dealt with certain things, whether it be personal, financial, coaching, ego, whatever, because you understood I'll probably be in the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) Right. And I'm sure some aspects of the organization – the organization could sort of keep it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, all right, you don't like travel. You don't like the food. You don't like this. Guess what? You're in the Super Bowl. Now that you're in that post-Tom Brady era, you've had to dish out huge money in free agency. You've had to coddle players. You've had to do whatever you can to to make it nicer for them. And I think this is probably more behind-the-scenes stuff that now is not behind-the-scenes, that they're going to have to change just like all of the stuff that we have seen for the past two years
0: it's definitely true and i've probably mentioned this before but like even when you go into the locker room either after games or after you know practice whatever it was you'd see the players get out of the shower or whatever like drying themselves off and everything like towels that used to be navy blue were like purple they had been used for so long that they had like shifted colors and The towels have numbers on them. So you know that they've been passed down from player to player to player to player. And, you know, guys are using probably players' towels from 2012. I don't know if that's still the case at this point. I haven't been as intimately into the locker room. But, like, that was something where, like you said, like, if you've got Tom Brady and you're winning Super Bowls, and there's only so much that you can complain about that. One other point – your point was much more interesting than mine. One other point on just simply facility or stadium – A lot of other teams have a separate facility from their stadium. The Patriots do not. The Patriots facility is Gillette Stadium. And I think that you're a little bit confined by being within a stadium of how big your locker room is going to be. How big your weight room is going to be. How big your cafeteria is going to be. And that was some of those complaints that we saw in this report card of like, we don't have enough room to spread out in the locker room. There's not enough room for everyone to sit in the cafeteria. Uh, There's not enough equipment in the training room and the weight room is not up to date or whatever. But that's like you can't expand a stadium, really. Mm. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I guess with the practice field, maybe it could be reconfigured with the parking and all that. But that's a pretty huge undertaking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They added like a revs facility in the woods there for the revolution. (laughs) So that could have been, I guess, Patriots. But I mean, yeah, you watched Hard Knocks a couple of years ago with the Cowboys and their facility is unbelievable. Yeah. You had Bill Belichick in Vegas last year calling it the Taj Mahal, uh, clearly envious of seeing what's possible. So I understand that to a large degree. Um, but. I don't know, it's. Like, that the plane, I was thinking of the airplane. Sorry, it took me a minute to come up with what I was trying. Because the, the, the travel ranked poorly, too. And everyone's like, how do you do that when you own the planes? You own the planes. And I'm like, well, I don't think football teams have an issue booking flights. No. I don't think they've ever been like, ah, oh, we we got to get to Indianapolis Saturday. But the flights are all booked. <laughs> we got to take um, a train. All right. you Offense is going on southwest. I'm sorry. Uh, we got you priority boarding, though. So some of you will sit together. In defense, you're split up. You're on spirit, so you might not make it. Um, so we can't bring a carry us- on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so like owning the plane to me is like, it's advertising. It doesn't I don't mean think anything. It really does not mean anything. Got a sick paint job outside. People right. get excited when they see it at Providence, a TF green, but I don't think it means they have superior travel to other teams. Right?
0: No, it's true. And that was like the number one thing that I saw people confused by it's a 767, So it's a big plane. I think it's uh, an absolute like- unit. Um, of airplane, but like there's pictures of the inside of it and it's like a two row airplane, but it goes two seats, two in the middle, two on the, two on the right. So like, they're still, they're not packed in there like sardines. I think in normal 767 would probably have three, uh, seats in the middle. So maybe there's like one seat taken out there. Maybe it's, I don't know, but like one of the complaints was that they didn't have enough room on the plane. Um, And it's also kind of an older plane. I think it's like a 30-year-old plane. So the seats have probably been replaced. But I think that, yeah, that that was – I also saw, at least on Twitter, some people being like – and this is just a very small subset, so I'm just complaining about a small subset of people for no reason. Oh, yeah, get them, get them, get them. But then being like, oh, this is like a typical, like, people trying to rip the Patriots, like, media type of thing. It's like – no, guys, this is the players <laughs> on the Patriots. Like, like you do not know more than the people who are responding to this poll. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You basically no. just have to take this poll at face value and say, like, if you have an issue with what they're saying, that the team needs to do better. Like, these are not – the Patriots players are not specifically coddled. And if – let's say that they do have something against the Patriots and are rating them lower than they should – that's another issue that you have to fix like that. Ne- that's not necessarily like a good thing of like, ah, oh, these players are just mad at the Patriots and they're giving him bad grades. That's a bad thing too.
1: It's also, I would say, not necessarily uh, reflective of the team or anything because the Chiefs ranked very poorly. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. It's mistaken. If I'm not mistaking that. <laughs> see, that was not a misstep no. by me. Uh, the Chiefs ranked 29th. Yes. Uh, and that's an old ass stadium. Those you've have you been in the visiting locker room there? I have, yeah. Uh, describe that.
0: Uh, minuscule,
1: <laughs> yeah. That was remember like the COVID, the Patriots had COVID and had to yeah. go there, and it was like just a bad situation. Um, but they got an F in team travel, they got a D minus in locker room, a D minus in training staff, a D yep. plus in training room, a D plus in food service, nutrition, and a C plus weight room. But they're the best team in the league, and they have been for several years. So it's not necessarily like, oh, this is why the Patriots suck. It's an an area of concern for players, which Mm -hmm. is a factor when we talk about free agency that I don't think we would have really considered prior to this survey. One last note on the survey, Doug. Not sure if you caught the Giants page. Did you read the Giants? I don't know if I did. They literally made it a point to be like, Joe Judge sucked. Oh, yes. I can see um, that. they they talked, they praised, <laughs> they praised Brian Dayball, and they were like, just it's a stark contrast to what we used to have to deal with when your head coach has concern and care about your well being as a person. World's different, and it's like, man, yeah, Joe Judge is still just under just, fire from the Giants, just and shots. still still under employ of the Patriots. So I just thought that was noteworthy from the, from the survey.
0: Yeah. It's funny because before you said that, I was going to say like, at least with the chiefs, they, it was their strength coach. Was it was like specifically A-. called out.
1: Oh, oh um, maybe
0: not. Maybe it was their training staff. It was someone on the Chiefs, yeah, who for was not like,
1: reporting injuries.
0: Yeah, who was like specifically uh, Rick, called out. Rick
1: Burke, Rick Burkholder, the head trainer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Players had negative opinions, feeling he does not treat players fairly and consistently, or with personal care. And I'll say this, Doug, we probably talked about it on the podcast. When Patrick Mahomes takes a shot to his knee slash ankle <laughs> in a playoff game, and is sitting on the bench waiting to get treated, and then sees just daylight in front of him, and runs back onto the field to play football. Yeah, it. it yeah, I mean, it's the quarterback. He's flexing his muscles, so to speak, in, in his power. But, like, you got to check on the man's ankle. You can't mm-hmm. let him have that opportunity. So that was – I don't know if that has anything to do with that, but it sounds like it does.
0: No, and I would say that, like, I was using this as a positive for the Patriots of, like, at least that didn't happen. At least, like, with the Ravens, it was their strength coach or training staff, whatever it was, was so bad that, like, basically every former Ravens player has now gone on yeah. Twitter to be like – this guy sucked. He was horrible. Including
1: Carl Davis as well. Has. And
0: I think Matthew Judon had a tweet about it, too. Oh, I didn't see that. And then things got so bad there that Rashad Bateman was, like, chirping at the GM, too. Um, yeah. But, like, Ooh, at here's least— an, Here's an
1: interesting one, Doug. Yeah. Sorry, you finished. Sorry, you No, finish. like,
0: at least former Patriots players were not tweeting about how bad the Patriots were. At least, like, beyond Joe Judge, there wasn't one, indi- one individual, like— I would say that overall the Patriots graded very poorly. They should not be 24th out of 32 teams, but there wasn't one specific aspect that was so egregiously bad that it, it became a meme or anything like that. So that's the positive I can throw out.
1: Yes. Um, uh, Steve Saunders was the Ravens guy. Yes. Uh, just one last thought. I guess we're getting a ton of meat on this bone here from this survey. Good stuff. NFLPA. Yeah. NFLPA. I know. Um, so, I clicked on the Ravens while you were talking and 100% of the respondents believe Steve Biscotti is willing to invest in upgrades to the facility whereas only 64% 64. of Patriots or players that played for the Patriots and responded to this believe Robert Kraft is willing to spend the money necessary for upgrades. Now granted what does that get player belief in an owner spending is based on a lot of various issues and the fact that we talked about contracts being a little bit perhaps suppressed here over the years might contribute to that. Um, but 100 versus 64, uh, is kind of jarring.
0: That was, that was, um, yeah, Robert Kraft was kind of specifically called out on that aspect as well. So I don't know. Uh, Patriots obviously have to do better. I think this was probably a wake up call. I don't think the NFL was very pleased that this happened and this information got released,
1: but we don't want anyone to know the players are human beings, uh, with families, with needs the the tolls and that's the other thing people like oh spoiled babies and it's like okay got it sure like oh the plane seats aren't big enough but hey you're talking about six foot eight 325 pound men who destroy their bodies every day who need specific meal dietary weight strength training regimens so it's not as if it's like doug or i being like Oh, my lunch was no good. It's 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 a very important part of their abilities to stay yeah. healthy, which is their ability to make money, which is a very short window of time. Definitely. So it all does factor in. So no, uh, I am probably always going to be biased pro player over pro league and management, but I think I'm seeing that one pretty fairly.
0: Uh, at least the Patriots also don't make their younger players or selective players room on the road. Um, That's that called bonding, that- Doug. Who I does that No, if there were six teams, the chiefs were one of them. I know I, I don't want to insult any of my, my followers intelligence or anything like that, but I screenshotted the description of the Patriots team travel of like why it rated lowly. And then the number one reason was that they felt like they didn't have enough space. One of the things on there <laughs> was, it just says no roommates. No roommates. So and, you thought it was, they thought it was a complaint. Yeah. They were like, they were like, what <laughs> these guys want roommates on the road. I'm like, I didn't respond, but I was like, guys, come on. <laughs>
1: Nobody to play Xbox with.
0: <laughs> like,
1: uh, That's incredible. We,
0: we need to be more intelligent than this. Um, but, yeah, at least they aren't making guys room on the road. I didn't know that some facilities have daycare at their stadiums, but I was speaking to pretty someone sick. who works in a baseball front office, and, and he was like, yeah, that's actually pretty common to have daycares. Uh, but it's also it gets kind of cloudy because it's only allowed for players. It's not allowed for coaches sometimes. It's not allowed for like other team employees. So I don't know. Maybe the Patriots are better off just not having one so that there's no football
1: players famously have kids. Um, (laughs) It's true. You can read about it. There's literature on the subject. They are having children with their wives, girlfriends, acquaintances. Um, They're procreating. People don't know that about them. Well, thank God
0: because we need more football players. So they they might as well.
1: I think uh, you know we need more people, and they need to be cared for. So yes. daycare. Let's. This, this podcast is brought to you by daycare.
0: Oh, by the way, twenty minutes in, subscribe, rate, review, give us mm. a rating, tell us what. Well, give us a report card. Mm. But you can as give long us whatever, as it's five stars. Yeah, what you can give us whatever grade you want, but you have to give us five stars, and then say like, but they actually deserve a sixty-four percent or something like that. Yes. We don't want the the stars to be reflective of the grade. Um Fair. but let's talk about the combine because Bill no. Belichick's not there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and it's I don't know. I don't but this is one of those things where I'm like I don't really care. Uh, a lot of head coaches now are skipping it. It seems like Bill Belichick wants to be one of the cool kids because Matt is not there, Kyle Shanahan's not yeah. there, Sean McVay's you know not Bill's there. Bills like I
1: want to be like I want to be like Fleur, man. <laughs>
0: Bill Belichick now a honorary member of the Shanahan family tree uh, by not going there. Um, I don't know. I would say that as someone who's attended combines, I don't really blame Bill Belichick for not wanting to be there. Because out of everyone who's at the combine, from coaches, GMs, media, trainers, whatever, like Bill Belichick has to be in the... He has to be, like, maybe in the top three most famous people there. Is that mm-hmm. fair to say? Like,
1: all right, maybe, maybe, yeah, it is fair, yes.
0: So, like, he's going to get recognized more often. People are kn- going to know that he's there. He's going to get bugged. I think there's work to be done. Like, he could maybe, like, hide himself better, but I don't know. Like, would it look better if he was there? Maybe, but I don't know if he really needs to be there.
1: I would say Bill Belichick is turning 71 in April, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And uh, I understand he still holds the positions that he's held and thus still has responsibilities. But it seems like at his in recent years, whether it goes back to pre-COVID or post, it seems like he's took some stuff off his plate in the offseason. Right. Now, you could take issue with that when the team doesn't perform very well and mm-hmm. for a no days off. from the man who literally chanted no days off at tens of thousands of people who skipped work. <laughs> Um, to celebrate his team. You could point out that it's not conducive to winning the way that he preaches, and I get it, but I just think the reality of it is he is doing a little bit more bill time, which Mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with personally. If I spent my 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s the way he did, I would probably want some, some boat time or whatever it may be, but it feels like he has taken a step to lessen that is that good or bad for the team? I don't know, Doug. I personally hate the combine. It's like my least favorite thing on the whole NFL schedule from an outsider's perspective. Yeah. So I'm like, I hope everyone skips. The, I I actually think this is at play too. The combine used to be a work event. It was all business. Right. It has since become a TV event. It has since become a larger event. It has become a networking event. Right. Things Bill Belichick not is not interested in networking. And
0: yeah, there's no reason for him to be be networking out there. And honestly, I think what the Patriots coaching contingency in general is pretty small out there. I think
1: I think yeah, um, Judge Pellegrino, Troy Brown, and then I know Mac Rose there
0: and Joe Houston. Sure, I think yeah. Like, does he want his coaches going out there and networking and finding another job somewhere else and gallivanting around with other teams? Like. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't know. And, it and, and don't I just need think be. Yeah, true. And to finish off the point I was struggling to make, sorry, this heat just kicked on like a frightening uh, children's movie.
0: Um, what are you, Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone afraid of your exactly. furnace?
1: Yes, I am. Um, we talked about Bill kind of trolling the draft with some of his draft picks, mm. with taking a long snapper and moving up to get a punter and whatnot because it's sort of like, screw your draft enterprise, screw your draft side business. You don't know what you're talking about. I feel like the combine has gotten away from perhaps what it was, and Bill is probably just like, ah, screw your stupid combine crap, <laughs> enough. I could see, and
0: I think that it might be also possible that now that a lot of these events are held at night, like they're working out players at, last night was like 8 or 9 p.m., something like that. like. He's probably just like, well, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> like, We had to move this from like 10 a.m. Yeah, for weekdays, TV, like all at, for at TV. Yeah. Right, and it's for TV. And I don't know, when I was, I loved the Combine when I was growing up, when I was like new to this business, all that kind of stuff, like I would be the psycho who would watch it at 10 a.m. on Saturday or at like 1, 1 p.m. on a Friday mm. or a Thursday, whatever it was. Like is the is the appetite for combine so high that, like they're even catering to people who wouldn't
1: be that psychotic about it. Like I don't know it. Yeah, to me it just a good feels point. weird. And yeah, they probably get more eyeballs though on like a night just a prime time than a I ten a.m. window. But it felt like more of a ten a.m. event because it was just yeah. exercise. Well, also um, players last
0: year weren't able to run three cones because they literally ran out of time. Like they weren't actually yeah. able to do what the combine was set up for. Uh, because they had made that a TV event. So maybe that was Bill Belichick's final straw, being like, if I can't get my three-cone times, true. You, you assholes are moving this to 10 a.m. or to 10 p.m.,
1: Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Also, remember last year, the wide receivers all ran like three 840s, and everyone was like, oh, my <laughs> God, they're the fastest ever. they like, oh, no, we were way off. Um, I feel I like that was happening thought.
0: last night too because like, it was like <laughs> a, a human being who weighs 280 yeah. pounds Ran four four nine. Like what? <laughs> that feels um, impossible.
1: I do want to say this because I'm not as like uh, numbers. Uh, what's the word when you're smart? A- no, like uh, just you see the numbers and you instantly have recollections and okay. things to base that off of. Uh, yep, literate numbers, literate as I am with the with the combine numbers. So I saw the D lineman yesterday. The D tackle ran like a four seven two. Or four seven six, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, and that reminded me because I had just read Slade Bolden uh, the day before, who had worked out for the Patriots ran a four six six, so he's like as um, he's a little faster than the fastest D tackle, which put that in perspective for me. I was like, oh, he's he's quite slow.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that with there was a linebacker for Iowa who was six five two forty nine, and like he ran like a six seven four three cone, which would have been extremely fast for a wide receiver. Um, and I I actually was like, all right, I'm going to pull up his numbers. I'm going to pull up Wes Welker and Danny Amendola's numbers. Just see, like, like just just compare them across the board. And like, he was better in everything. Like he would have been a more athletic slot receiver than almost Hmm. anyone that the Patriots have had as a slot receiver since 2000. I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. He ran like a four, six, five, something like that. 42.
1: Maybe you can go both ways. Um, I yeah. do like, though, and this is something I think you introduced me to at some point on the internet, the spider graphs. Oh, love yeah. those things. Those rock. Not draftable. Yeah. Love those.
0: Those are great. Um, all right. Well, another thing about the Combine, I think a lot of the meetings are overblown. Teams want to meet with every player at some point in the process, mm-hmm. whether that's in the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, NFLPA game, Combine, post-Combine meetings, whatever it is. So when you see that they're meeting with like all these guys, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. I did think it was interesting that when Jordan Schultz put out the list of teams that Anthony Richardson had met with, it was a bunch of teams that needed quarterbacks and the Patriots. It was Mm -hmm. like the Raiders. It was either teams that needed quarterbacks whose quarterbacks are free agents or the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. But like, if Anthony Richardson fell, would it be that insane?
1: No. I don't think so. I don't think so. so either. I mean, it's the most important position in the, the field, right. in the sport. And as we've stated on this, like we're, we've been extremely fair, I think, on Mac Jones's previous season. But yeah. even that notwithstanding, we don't know that he's going to lead a franchise for the next decade. Like right. announcers were saying in week one last year, like Mac Jones, he's the guy for the next decade. It's like, uh, <laughs> is he? Right. And you know, you saw this week, Daniel Jones apparently wants Forty five. So my bad. Daniel also, Jones wants $45 I also million. Do, dollars.
0: No one, wrote, no one wrote a headline about that.
1: That's true. Doug Doug Kied wants $45 million. It's yeah. he has a slightly better chance of like, getting it than you do, but only slightly. Like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Only
1: slightly marginally better than you. So it
0: only a little bit more.
1: So you are no matter what, staring down that deadline with Mac Jones three years from now, two years from now, really have to make that decision. So they don't know they might have feelings and thoughts. So to, to always stack up, I miss the days, Doug, when this would happen and be like, Oh, Oh, it's because they're a good, they're they know he's going to a rival and they want to get some Intel on him. They want to pick right. his brain. So that, I was like, those were the days, man, when they'd been 14 games with their <laughs> without even breaking a sweat and you could do all these things. Now it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't.
0: Yeah. I, I really don't know. And I, I doubt that anyone has asked like Bryce young or will Levis uh, or CJ Stroud, if they've met with the Patriots, but I don't know. I do think that there's kind of something special about Anthony Richardson. I have no idea if he's going to be good or not. He frankly, wasn't very good for half of last season at florida and i think that a lot of people are comparing him to lamar jackson which they're like athletic quarterbacks who are somewhat raw as passers coming out of college so like to that degree i can almost understand it but i almost feel like people have forgotten how freaking good lamar jackson was in college he was running for 1600 yards per season he he was like an unbelievably efficient passer
1: you want a comparison It's it's
0: well. Anthony Richardson completed fifty three percent of his passes last season, and he ran for six hundred yards. Like it's it's beyond a stratosphere of comparison. Lamar Jackson was so much better in college. (laughs)
1: Lamar Jackson threw thirty touchdowns as a sophomore with nine interceptions and twenty seven touchdowns with ten interceptions as a junior. Anthony Richardson threw. Six touchdowns as a freshman last year, 2021, and in five interceptions, and threw 17 touchdowns and nine interceptions last year for 2,500 yards. Lamar had 3,500 yards and 3,600 yards passing. Yes. Uh, rushing, Richardson had 400 yards and 654 yards, whereas uh, Lamar Jackson had 1,571 yards as a sophomore and 1,601 yards as a junior after rushing. Doug as a freshman for 960 yards um which is in as a freshman before he was even the 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 regular starter he had 900 rushing yards and uh Anthony Richardson in total in college rushed for 1100 yards so yes. different player he Anthony Richardson said he's a combination of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson so maybe I can't <laughs> you want to talk about Cam Newton's numbers so I would say no I would say no quite quite different for sure yeah
0: yeah, it's and I know that you know being a quarterback prospect is different than being a college football player, but I don't know. I feel like there's other players that you could maybe compare Anthony Richardson to, other than a Heisman Trophy winner. When Anthony Richardson at times last year was like, "Are we sure this guy should still be starting for Florida?" Uh, two of his first three games were very, very, very poor. Did round back into shape. Uh, we're I, running. Can out I of time. quickly? I know yeah. we're running
1: out of time, and this is all me. My fault. Put it on me. My favorite football fact of all time is Cam Newton's supporting staff, uh, supporting offensive players in at Auburn for an undefeated national championship oh, season. Oh, God, they're so bad. His leading receiver uh, was a fellow, Doug. Can you name him?
0: His, his leading, leading receiver was
1: receiver? Darvin Adams. Are you familiar with his work? <laughs> followed by Terrell Zachary, followed by Emery Blake, followed by Mario Fannin, and then followed by tight end Philip. Lutzenkirchen, um, that is who Cam Newton threw the ball to yeah. when he went fourteen and zero and won a national championship. What a, I was trying to remember who the running guy. back was. It was Mario Fannin was like was like
0: his other best offensive player. Uh, right? Michael
1: Dyer and uh, Ontario yeah. McCaleb. Uh Mario Fannin was fourth in rushing yards. Good lord. Um, but yeah, Cam yeah. Newton
0: pretty good in college. Pretty, pretty fantastic in college. In college. Um, and yeah, we'll see how like. But I do think that there's a lot of value to having an athletic, mobile quarterback that maybe you can work with passing wise and I do think that the Patriots in the short term would be better off going with a wide receiver or cornerback or an offensive tackle with that 14th overall pick but if you're looking long term I don't know I don't totally hate the idea of taking a quarterback like if one of those guys starts to fall who has much higher upside than Mac Jones I don't know how everyone would respond to that but like the bear there's the conversation around the bears right now of whether they Mm -hmm. should take a quarterback when they have Justin Fields, right? Mac Jones wasn't as good this season. I'd argue as Justin Fields. They took Mac Jones later than the Bears took uh, Justin Fields. The big difference there is that the current bears power structure did not draft Justin Fields. Whereas Bill Belichick did draft Mac Jones. So that's the difference in the conversations, but I don't know. I I don't, I don't despise the idea. Uh, We have like three minutes left. Is there anything else that you want to get to about the combine or anything else going on this week? No. Fair enough. I do think that there's been some reports. Um, well, oh, let's just touch real quickly on Keenan Allen apparently isn't going anywhere. Tom Telesco, Chargers GM, said that they're not going to trade him or cut him. I'll believe that when I see it or when I Neither is T. Higgins. Um, neither is yeah, T. Higgins. <laughs> and then Nobody's Bengals, getting traded. Bengals, he's not the GM, but uh, Duke Tobin was like, they should find their own T. Higgins, which that's kind of funny. Um, I don't know. I like Rashad Bateman going after the GM. I'd probably call the Ravens to see if he's available. I know he's not as, Uh as sexy as a T Higgins or a Keenan Allen. Um, Brandon cooks still wants to be traded. Deandre Hopkins still out there. The cooks and Hopkins things are weird though, because Hopkins and cooks both have ties to Bill O'Brien from their times with the Texans. Cooks was much shorter than, than Hopkins. But then I don't know. I almost feel like, Like, Belichick brings back guys for second stints with the Patriots so much that the Cooks thing seems like it could kind of become real.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I would want Brandon Cooks at this point, given what you need more than... Right.
0: (sighs) Yeah, you don't want to necessarily pay Brandon Cooks as much as Brandon Cooks makes.
1: That, and just his skill set, I don't know that... I don't know what the Patriots' offensive identity or, or structure is, actually, so I can't say that it doesn't fit in, but I don't know that... A speed guy on the outside is exactly what I'm looking at. Mac Jones is in need of some more intermediate possession, big body
0: type yeah. guys
1: that can get open with their body and not have to. I don't know. I, they have Taekwondo Thornton. I'm not saying Taekwondo Thornton is Brandon Cooks, but you might have a redundancy in skill set if you do that. Yeah, he could
0: be a decent facsimile. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I like Jordan Anderson. Yeah. I think that those are two guys who are very, very good in 2021 for certain reasons they did not perform as well in 2022 i think that you might be able to get a discount on those players take them at number 14 overall and maybe get your Devonte smith or whoever it is like that is the way to get the elite wide receiver it's probably not through a trade or free agency or anything else we will leave everything there with that um all right do you have any parting what orders? a pass chat
1: I want to just wish a happy 37th birthday to Master of Puppets, the greatest album of all mm. time. It turns 37 today. Um, some other people in parts of this podcast turned 37 this year, later in the year. Um, so it's kind of like the world got better in 1986. I think that's just my opinion, and it's right. So that's how Master I'd like
0: to leave. Master of Puppets would have been in college from 2004 to
1: 2008. <laughs> yes, yep. we went to college together, Master of Puppets and I did. It was it was incredible. So what a, what a ride it's been.
0: All right. Bye, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.